KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Homegrown's alright with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. Al KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer here. Uh, the Friday edition, the Punk Rock Farmer edition of Radioactive, always with Laura Jones here in the studio. Hey, hey. Um, tonight on the show, I mean, uh, <laughs> more true tales from the agri-hood. Shane and Kristen Bowler, Utah Natural Meat and Milk are here. Fifth generation farmers out in the South Valley. Back to basics, um, raising food the old-fashioned way. And I think they brought the sixth generation with them, didn't they? They did, and <laughs> we're going to have to talk, ask a little bit about oh, that. We're no, not if... sure how excited Alpine is to be this sixth generation <laughs> farmer. Well, that's interesting, and I don't know if Alpine knows that we may ask him a few questions so this should be fun also some other friends on the sh- on the show tonight yes dana williamson is back with us and um wasteless solutions started out uh, pat thomas used to come on in backyard garden share and uh gleaning and grabbing mm-hmm. they've taken that on grabbing fr- uh, veggies and fruits and stuff and we'll talk to her they have an event coming up Second Chance Dance. They're another nonprofit in our community, so you're going to get some information to help them out. We also have got Skywatcher Leo T back with a fresh edition of Many Cultures, One Sky. We've invited the folks from Grid City Beer Works and Sweet Vinyl Bake Shop to come in and demonstrate the Grid City Music Fest. Well, at least the the beer and uh, cupcake side of it, right? Margarita Cupcakes. Is that what those are? And they have Mm. been, after the fact, infused. Oh, so... Shh, the D-A-B-S or whatever they're calling themselves <laughs> these days. They don't want to tell them about that. But uh, yeah, that's on the show. But fresh homegrown music tonight. We're digging into the radioactive punk rock farmer archives because... The 801 Day is coming up, and it's all about local stuff. And goodness, we've had so many local bands on the show. Right? I think the first year we did this, we were pre-recording short pieces. But then by 2016, we were live on Fridays. And you and I, you know, old, how many bands would you say between the two of us? 30 or so? Um, (laughs) Just our bands? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I always love to support local music, especially live local music. So we're going to dig into the archives. And where do you want to start? I think um, we, you know, we, sad to see Mods Cafe go, but we did quite a few live broadcasts from there. Right, kicking off Radiothon, and uh, Sammy Brew was always so kind to help us out on those, right? Yeah, Sammy Brew, and uh, should we go right into it? Let's do it. All right, right before he turned 21, from what what was the date? I when think he was this? 15 or 16 back in those <laughs> back in some of these. I know this one though is from October okay. 8th. Okay. Okay. 2021. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. So Fresh and homegrown, Sammy Brew. Uh, I'm gonna, we're gonna play a song that I don't know if we're ever gonna release, but we really like playing it. Cool. It's called Carborn. Sammy Brew and the Grinders, right here on KCL 90.9 FM. to look at everything like it came my way it keeps my car warm it keeps my car warm I don't know if they set the noon but I'm 
for doing all the things that I was born to do. Keeps my car warm. Keeps my car warm. Many cultures, one sky. Skywatcher Leo T here, looking up in the night sky after a beautiful day of blue clouds and clouds streaked across the sky. Let's take a wild look for the northern coal sack. It's named for the more famous coal sack, a naked eye dark nebula, next to the Southern Cross in the Southern Hemisphere. The northern version is a subtler dark nebula in the beautiful Cygnus of Swan. You'll need a moonless night, like the evenings this week, and a fine dark sky in which the Milky Way stands out in detail. So you'll need to be out in the Uintas or on the Colorado Plateau. Face east after dark and look very high, almost overhead. The brightest star there is Vega, just dazzling up there. Look to the lower left of Vega, and there's Deneb, the big bright star of Cygnus. To Deneb's right along the outstretched neck of Cygnus, the stick figure swan, is the Cygnus star cloud. One of the brightest stretches of the Milky Way, and it just sits there and glows for you. You're in the magic now. The darkest part of that gap is the northern coal sack. Deneb shines right on its edge. If you even try to find this, you're achieving space travel beyond time. And a little closer, NASA's Perseverance Mars rover is scouting for landing sites that could be one day used for a spacecraft that will fly the rover's Martian rock samples back to Earth. NASA's Perseverance rover is scouting for landing sites that could one day be used for spacecraft to do just that. As we've been reporting, Perseverance is exploring Mars's Jezero crater since it landed in 2021, collecting samples of Martian rocks and soil in a search for signs of ancient life on the Red Planet. Then at some point, there will be two lander missions sent to Mars to collect Perseverance's samples and launch them up to an orbiting spacecraft which will haul them back to Earth. It's a complicated maneuver planned in conjunction with the European Space Agency for a 2028 launch and a return to Earth in 2033. And let's take the seldom-used big little Skywatcher spaceship out, way out, and look at the inner solar system as it spins down there. 
seems to spin much slower than previous science believes it should. The inner solar system spins in a direction and unknown origin, more slowly than the known laws of modern physics predict. A thin disk of gas and dust, known as the accretion disk, spirals around young stars. These disks where planets form contain leftover star-forming material that is a fraction of the star's mass. According to the law of conservation of angular momentum, the inner part of the disk should spin faster as the material spirals slowly inward toward the star. Makes sense, doesn't it? But observations have shown that the inner solar system, the region of the solar system that extends from the sun to the asteroid belt and includes our planets, does not spin as fast as predicted by the law of angular momentum. Using new simulations of a virtual accretion disk, scientists at Caltech have demonstrated how particles in the accretion disk interact, and for some reason, unknown, the inner part of the old solar system just doesn't crank around as fast as it seems it should. And now here's some interesting science for you. Angular momentum is proportional to velocity times radius, and the law of angular momentum conservation states that the angular momentum in a system stays constant. Hmm, another mystery of the universe we may never know the answer to. We'll see. And on July 22, 1972, the Venera 8 spacecraft landed on Venus. The Soviet space probe Venera 8 was the second spacecraft to successfully execute a soft landing on the planet's surface. Venera 8 spent 117 days traveling to Venus only to survive for 50 minutes before the planet's harsh atmosphere got the best of its hardware. But it did manage to accomplish plenty of science before dying on Venus. During its descent, it collected and transmitted data about the atmosphere. And speaking of the Soviet Union, oh, uh, I mean Russia. Yes, I know they are leaving the space program. Uh, they helped build as their dictator throws a fit because everyone else objects to the unjust killing of innocent people and the conquest and invasion of Ukraine. And excuse me, please, while I have a journalistic moment. While we and other countries have space programs to be proud of, including the Russians and the Ukraine, it also needs to be faced in this country that a war of propaganda, undermining slander and legislation against climate change, women's reproductive rights, and anything that just doesn't fit an extreme and well-funded effort to overthrow the democratic process is going on. That's Scott Watcher Leo T. It's many cultures, one sky. Let's take the trip to Africa and visit the people there, the largest ethnic group in South Africa, with an estimated 10 million people living mainly in the province of KwaZulu-Natal. It's the Zulu. In Zulu star lore, the stars are known as Aiselamila, and believe these stars die in winter as they sink below the western horizon, not to be seen for many months. And when the rainy season starts in late spring, they are reborn as they reappear in the east. What do they believe happens in the summer? They come out and burn brightly and dance around the center of the galaxy. So let's join the Zulu and dance around the center of the galaxy as we look up, look around, and get a little bit lost in space. Oh, Skywatcher Leo T with a fresh edition of Many Cultures, One Sky. And don't forget, next Saturday at dusk, it is the Skywatcher Leo T star party at the Stansbury Park Observatory Complex. Check tonight's show notes for details. And since he brought it up, Al mentioned uh, Roe v. Wade and Roe v. Wade and reproductive rights. I just want to do a shout out tonight going on as we speak at Jordan Park, 1060 South, 900 West. 
Community Care Block Party by the Utah Reproductive Roundtable Coalition. We've got some food trucks, some live music, roller skating games, a DJ dance party, and they are putting together abortion care kits. And so uh, there's things that they're looking for if you want to drive, drop by. Check tonight's show notes as well as rallies and resources for a complete list. All right, Aldine, it's time for some special guests. Who you got? Yes, Dana Williams is with us, back with us again. And we were just at a meeting uh, for the food coalition yes. just a little while ago and it was great to see you there tell tell us a little bit of let's give people a hint and remi- a reminder of what's going on with wasteless solutions yeah well you mentioned earlier garden share and so that's this time of year right we're we're in the midst of getting collector sites going up so that's where people host a cooler on their yard we put it on the map on our website so all the farmers and or sorry gardeners know where to bring their surplus produce so anybody interested in that, we're looking for more sites. We want to make sure gardeners know where we're at. Um, and we're also launching in Weber County, our food rescue. So that's been a big, exciting new change for us. Yeah, expanding. Great, great stuff. Um, food rescue, you're educating folks, and you're doing some consulting too. And um, the, the, the little history, yeah, we talked a little bit about Backyard Garden Share, and mm-hmm. Pat Thomas started that, and it's kind of taken this new life, and you're, you're working it from your angle now. Yeah, so we are um, always started as a food rescue, picking up from caterers, cafeterias, grocery stores, food distributors, farmers markets, and we were friends. I was friends with Pat, and when she said, okay, I, I, it's a little much, <laughs> I need to step away from this, seven years of doing it, um, I said, well, you know, don't don't let it go away. It's a great idea, and it really is just another food rescue for us. And so we incorporated them under our wing last summer, and so we're pushing that as well. And to your point, education, we're big on social media, educating people at home just how to reduce their food waste, uh, things like that, and um, always at events. We're at, we were at the farmer's market last weekend, weekend, just letting people know what we are and what we do. Very cool. And so there's a big event coming up. Tell us about it. Yes, thank you for asking. We're super excited about the Second Chance Dance. Um, it's our first large-scale fundraiser we've done. And the idea is really fun, educational event and very sustainable. So um, it's going to be even the attire is where your best thrifted, vintage, nice. or well-worn attire. Uh, I yeah. think I can fit in that <laughs> I actually category. had some, someone say, oh, good, I can come to it because I don't have to dress up. <laughs> Can still have some flair, some style, folks. Right? Absolutely. I think the 20s or something. Um, And uh, we're going to have six local chefs, uh, each with a chef station. We're going to give them rescued food the week before, and they're going to have to figure out some fun thing to create with that. I like it. And minimal waste from their their item they're going to make and we're, we're trying not to have any paper even to be very sustainable so we're gonna have qr codes at each station where the chef's going to give some tips some recipes about food waste we want people to leave kind of knowing a little bit better about how to reduce their food yeah. waste we also have a band so we're gonna have some little dancing nice alcoholic beverages so it's a 21 plus event um when is it it is monday september 12th six to nine o'clock at the salt lake culinary education center Ooh, i like that place yeah it's been a while since i've been there but that's that's fantastic 
Yeah, and it's right off of the S line, so we're encouraging people to use tracks again. Be be sustainable. Mm. You've also got a gleaning coming up. Gleaning again is going through gardens and getting everything. Yes. So we started last year doing that. We had a farmer who had kale that was perfectly fine, except it wasn't sellable for some reason. And um, so you know, farmers don't make a lot. He didn't want to go pick it just to donate it. So we offered our volunteers. They came, picked up that that kale themselves, begged it, and took it to one of our nonprofit partners. And so that's been a really interesting model that our farmer friends like. So we've got that coming up on August 10th. The TBD still on the timing, because it depends on when it works for the farmer. So people can reach out to us on our website for more information on that. If you sign up for the event there, we'll, we'll get you informed on the date and time, or on the time. And then a movie that I've always wanted to see, Biggest Little Farm Screening. When is that and what's it about? Yes. So we are taking advantage of the Utah Film Center having the free films at Liberty Park. We're, we're very much trying to build a community with our organization, right? And so we thought, what a great idea. Ha- host you know, a blanket at the event, invite people to come, like-minded people, and just have fun, especially if people aren't sure about going alone, maybe. Hey, you're not going alone. We'll be there. I absolutely love that movie. I cried during that movie. Aww. Biggest Little Farm. Um, I love it because it's all about nature and I, this idea that when, when humans don't get in the middle and muck things up, it works really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a very heartwarming, lifting story that I think will be fun for our group to come out and see. So three opportunities, folks, to get involved with this great nonprofit in our community, Waste Less Solutions. you got the Gleaning Volunteer Opportunity on August 10th, the biggest little farm movie on the 26th of August. And then I want to remind folks again who, what, when, where, why on this Second Chance Dance, your big fundraiser in September. Yes, Monday, September 12th, 6 to 9 p.m. at Salt Lake Educa- Culinary Education Center. Uh, tickets are on sale on our website at wastelesssolutions.com org forward slash second chance. Well, I'm so glad they, that Dana is here, Al, because I was just wondering what the heck I'm going to do with these cucumbers, my only plant that's <laughs> producing right now. And I'm like, okay, I got to find someone near me and drop them in a cooler. And what's the website one more time where folks can look up that map and if they're growing and want to drop something off near them or get something near them? Yes, wastelesssolutions.org forward slash garden shares where you can find the map. Very cool. Thanks so much, Dana. Thanks for coming with us again. Thanks. I always appreciate you guys having me. You're welcome. So boozy cupcakes and beer coming up because Grid City Music Fest is coming up again in August. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Love Promise Community Commitment, a partnership with nonprofit organizations that aims to make the world a better place. More information about the Love Promise and Subaru products at markmillersubaru.com. The ADA 32nd Anniversary Celebration is a commemoration of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Hosted annually by the Disabled Rights Action Committee, enjoy live music, speakers, performers, food trucks, and vendors from across the state Saturday, July 30th, 11 to 4 at the Salt Lake City Public Library. KRCL's Music Meets Movies is proud to support the Utah Film Center's Outdoor Summer Film Series screening of Summer of Soul, Friday, July 29th at Liberty Park. Questlove's directorial Oscar-winning debut features interviews and performances by legendary artists like Stevie Wonder, Nina Simone, Sly and the Family Stone, and many more. No ticket necessary, but an RSVP is recommended. Summer of Soul, or when the revolution could not be televised. 
Friday, July 29th at Liberty Park. Doors at 8 p.m., movie at dusk. For more details and to RSVP, head to krcl.org. I'm guessing that folks are setting up some chairs right now, and I love doors at 8. Okay, the park's open, folks. Just get on over to Liberty Park, which is between 9th and 13th South, 913 South, and between 5th and 7th East in downtown Salt Lake City. Our friends with the Utah Film Center are setting up right now. I'm going to head on over after the show, Al, and check it out. I think Eric Nelson, our volunteer coordinator, is staffing our KRCL booth. Might even have some of those very cool uh, bumper stickers featuring the quails. But uh, we wanted to talk about Grid City Music Fest coming up. They already had their intro weekend, oh, I think mid-July, Al. But it's celebrating all the creatives from... uh, creative DIY creatives, but also beer makers and vendors and local music in South Salt Lake. So joining us in the studio, we've got Drew Reynolds of Grid City and Diaz of Sweet Vinyl Bakery. Hello, you two. Hey. Hey, hey. Oh, sorry. I forgot to turn your mic. That, oh. See, look. It's, <laughs> Which one? It's making noise. I thought I was having a stroke last night. I don't know if it's going out <laughs> over the air, but it's making a whining My, noise. Mine or Diaz's? Uh, Diaz's. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm going to try a few tricks, but uh, Drew, why don't you tell us about Grid City Beer Works? Remind folks, you were a, a guest during quarantine cocktails and COVID, and then tell us a bit about the history of this Grid City Music Fest. Um, well, uh, this idea I had before we actually opened the brewery, um, one of the things that I really wanted to do to set us apart was to do festivals, live music, um, but like bigger than just singer songwriters in the corner. Uh, and as everyone knows, we opened during COVID and I kind of lost my way with that. So I ended up doing a mind map about <laughs> three months ago and I got back to, this is something that I really wanted to do, which was festivals and live music and I went over to the guys at the Commonwealth Room which we were talking before we actually opened and I pitched in this idea all South Salt Lake uh, working with the creative industry zone bringing all the creative stuff that's south of 21st South together you're right there on the south side of 21st South. yeah yeah (laughs) actually Home Depot is people don't know this but 21st South is the line between Salt Lake City and South Salt Lake Mm So we're literally on the line of South Salt Lake. And uh, about a year and a half ago, the city of South Salt Lake deemed that area the creative industry zone. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mural Fest at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they do Craftoberfest in that area. But right now there's four breweries, three distilleries, and tons of artisans that people really don't even know about Mm -hmm. um, in that area. So I tried to put something together and tell people that there's things going on south of 1300 South, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because everything's happening downtown, and, uh, you know, make us an option that people stick in their mind to come down to the Creative Industry Zone, or AKA the zone, as we like to call it. So we have a a volunteer taster here tonight to sample what uh, you've paired as an example of what's happening at Grid City Music Fest with beer and and food. Will you introduce us to your guest here? Um, This is a Sweet Vinyl Cupcake, uh, also known as AKA Boozy Sweet Vinyl Cupcakes, AKA Melissa Diaz, also known as just Diaz. (laughs) That is me, I am her. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about the cupcakes, dear. Yeah, so um, (laughs) I do alcohol infused cupcakes here in town. I've partnered and collaborated with a bunch of breweries, distilleries. Uh, Drew was 
so kind to invite me to be a part of this Grid City Music Festival, which the first weekend was amazing. I had a blast to be able to do what I do and then still enjoy the community that I'm around is just, it's beautiful. And you sold out of cupcakes, I right? I did sell out of cupcakes. Yeah. So <laughs> next time we'll be making double the batch. More cupcakes. Yes. <laughs> um, but I did bring with me some margarita cupcakes. So these are a vanilla cake with lime zest, Fortaleza Blanco tequila, a lime cream cheese frosting, and then a little bit of salt to mimic a salt rim. All right, what's the beer? Uh, well, I have two. We, we decided to get all the same color together. We have two, since Diaz did a margarita colored cupcake, I brought my two green cans that we have. One of them is actually our Hoppy Pilsner, and the other one is our seltzers. And I don't know if you're familiar with our seltzer line, but they're actually high point wine hybrid seltzers. So it's an elderflower seltzer that's comes in at 9.2 percent wow yeah. wow so we've, we've got my friend liz here to uh taste test for us let's go ahead and, and chow down that cupcake and yeah. uh, <laughs> that's not how that is. uh Every, you have to stand in the doorway to officially satisfy my audio yeah. engineer but <laughs> she's got a dog on her lap that's like you're not mm. supposed to say that out loud oh sorry <laughs> all right liz what do you I say i didn't say it out loud what do you say Boozy Cupcake yes. gets a round of applause from the peanut gallery. We've got enough for Al to sample afterwards. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so what's coming up? What are the dates and what um, can people expect music-wise? Uh, great. So we tried to do a big, a wide range of uh, national touring acts. The first night was a free night, and that was you know local bands. Um, next weekend on the 5th, we have uh, Coletta and Super Yama Band, which is Afrobeat, which is like – you know, one of my favorite types of music. Mm -hmm. You can't Moving. complain. Yep. And uh, local band Mood Light is opening for them. And then uh, Making the Motorcars, they're a rock band out of Austin, Texas, which is like country rock band. Uh, and they have uh, Jordan Young Band, also a local band, opening for them. Um, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, we have great food by Old Cuss. I'm going to try and name as many people as I can. Uh, you can ride your bike. We have a... Um, a bike, bike valet, right? Nine, yeah, Level Nine does a bike bike valet. Explain the actual venue. Um, well, the venue would be uh, if you've ever been to the Commonwealth Room, they have an outside uh, like kind of area where that's the smoking area, right? Right, not and far so, off Twenty First South and Third West. Yeah, right. Actually, next to the Central Point Track Station. So it's outside. Yeah, so it's outside. Right. Well, that's actually, what I meant. the vendors are outside. Okay. And the music is inside. Okay. Cool. Mm, we have games, and the vendors are outside, nice. and Old Cuss providing food. Um, and then we actually have axe throwing from Social Axe. They they brought their they have a trailer. <laughs> well, that's a lot going on. Yeah. Plus boozy cupcakes. Yeah. Plus other boozy food. cupcakes. Yeah. Yep. And then what we do is we only feature beer from South Salt Lake. So Salt Fire Level Crossing in Grid City um, has beer there. And then um, each weekend we have a different um, distiller because we have three distilleries, which people probably don't know in South Salt Lake. So last weekend we did Sugar House. Sure. No, no. We did uh, uh, Beehive Distilling. Sorry. This weekend, we're doing Dental Brick. They're making the cocktails. And then next weekend, we're doing Sugar House Distillery. And so it's really focused on um, that. Uh, Salt City Builds is going to bring some unique bikes. Sugar Post is, uh, ha I don't know if you guys are familiar with Sugar Post, but he does all the you ever seen the dog mailbox on grid city mm. or all the weird mailboxes yeah. around there uh -huh. he's the guy who does all that artwork cool and you've probably seen his artwork at um like park city mountain resort he does all the monsters that you see in town mm. like the metal monsters really talented guy 
And then I'm trying to think, who am I missing? Oh, yeah. and we have a silent, oh, Taproot Soda. Yeah, we do have, um, we have local organic soda from Taproot Soda, who I've partnered with. So if you want to do like local pickups, we're offering that too. Yep. Um, and then my friends over at Hans Kombucha. Right. So some local there. kombuchas, delicious. Yep. Good to pair with if you don't want to, if you want to come out and not drink or be someone's designated driver, mm -hmm. drink kombucha or yeah. soda. And we have uh, um, two last things I want to mention. I'm just trying to get everyone in. Um, we have a uh, silent auction. I don't know if you know our friends at the Clever Octopus. Love Clever Octopus. Yes. Yeah. And so They've helped us make this this kit to stretch records for yeah. 909 days. So. Yeah, they're so cool, and I love what they do and what they're all about. So, And they we're going to, whatever the silent auction raises, we're going to give to Clever Octopus to do what they do. Cool. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And then we teamed up with the uh, In the Event, uh, where we have a show water lager lounge, which we created a beer with the Commonwealth Room called the Showwater Lager, which what? is uh, the Stateroom Presents presents the Showwater Lager. So that'll be able to only get it at the Stateroom and the Commonwealth Room, and they'll, they're going to have that all the time, but we're, like, Ooh. launching that as well. And then you so. have another week. So there's been there's going to be three weekends total, yeah. so coming up toward the end of August. Yep, and then the we are the official after party of the City Weekly's Utah Beer Festival. Um, so we partnered up with them. Uh, it looks like we're going to have a shuttle from the beer festival to the party. <laughs> uh, we have Lost Dog Street Band, which is a very, very popular uh, bluegrass band playing on Saturday night. That's probably going to sell out, I think. So mm. there'll be probably seven upwards around 700 people there. Um, and then the next night, this really talented guy called Shamar Allen. Um, he's from New Orleans, and he plays this fugal horn, and he's just got so much soul. Like, he's just... He reminds me of, uh, you know, that song, Cause I'm Happy. Like, yeah. every song that he sings <laughs> just reminds me and makes me feel like that. So, so that's I'm the 20 really and 21st, that that's lineup? That's the 20 okay. 21st. And yeah. more boozy cupcakes? And yep, I'm there every weekend. So. What's your What's your website so people can track you down? You're also a bartender, right? Um, I actually left the bartender world. Um, so right now I just take orders via Instagram or Facebook. So if you f just find me, Sweet Vinyl Bake Shop, on Instagram or Facebook, that's how you can order. Still using those bartender skills, though, to make boozy cupcakes. Yes, ma'am. I call myself a bake tender. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. We'll put all the links in the show notes. But, again, you've got uh, August 5th and 6th and the 20th and 21st. What's yes. the website? Uh, www.gridcitymusicfest.com. All right. So, Al, you can go taste test these during the break. <laughs> but we've got one more homegrown song to share in uh, anticipation of 801 Day on Monday. What do we got right now? This one is uh, from Psychedelic Purple. Uh, some of our younger, the younger generation, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call them that, <laughs> um, uh, The Great Escape, and this one is from their full-length album, Too Close to the Sun, Psychedelic Purple, Fresh and Homegrown on KRCL.
psychedelic purple. So I can't even talk tonight, Alice, and I haven't even had a cupcake. Man, they sound so psychedelic good. Psychedelic uh, purple. Uh, the singer is so wonderful for them. They're going to be playing down with me in uh, Mesa Verde coming up. Here. Oh, are they? Yep. Okay, folks, yep. follow the Punk Rock Farmer on Facebook and Instagram to get more details. And their album, Too Close to the Sun, available. Uh, they released it in March and came on the show and shared it while we were still Zooming things. And, uh, of course, if you're a local band and want to come on the show, you feel like you're ready, how do folks get in touch, Al? Oh, you can get uh, get me on uh, punkrockfarmer23 at gmail.com, or you can find me on Facebook. All right, coming up at 7, Democracy Now!, followed by Circus Brown, not a sideshow. Friday Night Fallout at 10.30 with Keith. Liquid Rhythms with Ken Barola at 1. Saturday Breakfast Jam with Shanley at 7. And don't forget John Florence. Saturday Sagebrush Serenade at 10 a.m. All right, Aldine, time for the Urban Farm Report. Urban Farm Report. We do this every week. This week we are featuring local farmers from down in uh, South Jordan. And uh, the bowlers are with us, Kristen and Shane. South Jordan or West Jordan? West Jordan. There we go. West Jordan. So the bowlers are with us, Shane and Kristen, and their son, Alpine, is here with us, too. How are you guys doing today? We're good, Al. How are you? I'm good. It's so, I mean, it's been a minute since we've done this before. Uh, it's been five years. We we realized, we looked back through our archives, yeah. and we found that you guys were here five years ago. Five years ago, things were pretty simple and just starting off. Tell folks about that history and how things got started, and and then we'll get to the crazy way that it is now. <laughs> yeah, we the way we started was, well, Shane's family, I mean, he grew up farming, right. and um, we had cattle that we would raise, you know, to share with his family, and one year we had some extra, so I put it out on Facebook at the time, which was the social media platform that mm-hmm. everyone used, and yep. we had a huge interest in, in from friends and that that wanted to know what was in their food and wanted meat and it kind of just steamrolled from there it, it just took on a life of its own it, and it's so humble beginnings and now there's a store you guys have an all-inclusive site explain what that is shane a little bit sure um so we're a little bit unique in that we not only raise animals, but we also have our own in-house butcher shop and our own retail store on the farm. So the animals are, uh, in some cases, born there, raised by us, and um, they don't actually ever leave the farm until they're taken home by one of our customers. And so, and you guys, the farm is, or the store is busy. I came out there yesterday for a minute just to talk a little bit, and it's right around closing time, and people are getting off work is what I suspected. And people were just – and there's been lines, and your new helper told me there was a line out the door like an hour long or something. That's crazy. So think, has the pandemic kind of ramped things up in a way? How do, how, how's that? Do you think that really happened for sure? Yes, that's part of it. Uh, one one big part is that we sell raw milk, and there have been times where we sell out of milk. Mm-hmm. And our mm-hmm. most devoted customers, they will be there lined up at our gate before it opens. Um, Just to get it, to make to, sure, to make they, sure get they get it. Yeah, this time of year, we have a lot of milk. The cows produce more. COVID has been a huge boom. I know not just for our farm, but so many local farms and ranches throughout Utah, as people have focused on local food after we saw 
kind of what a disaster our food supply chain was right and how fragile it was um and then it kind of settled down a little bit and then this year again with the war and inflation and things like that it has ramped up again and it it's it's great i love to see what's going on there you know you guys started small and and you guys are going strong um tell me some of the products let's tell people folks what because you guys have a long list of products that are produced in or right there around the farm we uh raise a lot of different animals so we have uh, beef cows dairy cows we have dairy goats and we do also lamb and pork normally we do uh we raise a lot of chickens and both for eggs and for meat we still have eggs but just because of a number of factors we chose not to raise chickens this year so this will be our first year not raising chickens in a long long time Uh uh-huh or turkeys or turkeys so come november we're gonna have a lot of angry people because no no thanks well it was just the the price of wheat was so uncertain this year and trying to figure out it I don't know if people realize, but when we're planting poultry, this is something we're doing at the first of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, what? when are we going to get deliveries of chicks and poults and what? how much feed are we going to need for them? And it was a little scary to think we were going to have hundreds of birds on the ground and then have the feed go crazy. So it, we decided to pause that for this year. So this is some of the trials and tribulations of what's going on in the country and the situation mm-hmm. right now that's affecting you guys. The hay is really expensive, mm-hmm. I know. Uh, you guys were telling me uh, the labor situation is not that great. You guys have so much going on that you need more people, right? Maybe we can give a shout-out and say, hey, um, they need some good folks that are farm-oriented and want to be outside and work hard. You, you give these guys a call. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's it's a little bit tricky. A lot of times I feel like um, as a society we've we've come to have a romanticism with farming. And that isn't necessarily accurate when you're working in the farm or agricultural industry. And so a lot of people will come and work for a while and say, oh, this is what I thought it was at all. Uh-huh. It's a lot of hard. We're going to share some mics since I had one break on me live. But I was listening to a story on, on KSL, I think it was, just today. And they were talking about the um, the migrant farm workers and the visas. And because of what's going on between COVID and immigration debates in Congress, um, they were talking about one farm in particular that needed something like 4,000 folks for the season. And they had four people apply that were um, Americans, you know, citizens, and one showed up and lasted seven hours. We're talking a lot of hard work when it comes to harvesting uh, and also um, working with animals. Am I right, Kristen? Yeah, definitely. And it's, especially with our farm, is that it's not as much hanging out with the animals all day as it is, you know, caretaking for the animals, like making sure they have water, food, um, dealing with the products that the animals give us. That's the majority of what we do. And then, you know, the animals are just hanging out doing their thing. As long as they're happy, then we don't have to do much for them. You know, they have good food, they have water, they have space. And they're just there. And they're happy to be there. Shane, your day starts early. Tell a little bit of just about how, how what's involved. <laughs> sure, it depends on the day. With a dairy, um, we milk at 4.30 in the morning mm-hmm. um, on both dairies. We have a goat dairy and a cow dairy, as we mentioned. So we start at 4.30 in the morning. Um, you know, and I, that's not terribly unique to farmers. I mean, there's a lot of occupations where you work early. I think something that's unique to farmers is that it doesn't end. 
So it's just exhausting throughout the day and into the night. And um, we've got Alpine here with us, who's our oldest. And the other day I got Alpine up, uh, let's see, it was on Tuesday to, to help with the milking at 4.30. And he didn't go to bed until midnight that night. Um, not just farming oriented, but it's, it's a lot. And you have to enjoy what you do, I think, to be able to pull it off. So Alpine, tell 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 me a little bit about getting up at four thirty the other day. <laughs> well, I was tired. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got up at four thirty to go um, bottle cream at the dairy, and so I was up at four thirty. We did that for a few hours, and then we went and did the chores afterward. I was doing that for most of the day, and so it's just working every day. So we do very good, good stuff. And so, um, so. So here's the here's the the million dollar question: Do you are you going to take over the farm? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see. Uh, I'm to be honest, I'm not really sure what I want to do yet. But I know that farming is really hard work, mm-hmm. I, from personal experience, obviously. And so uh, yeah, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. And I love being outside and working with the animals, but it's it's tough. It's tough. Maybe it'll grow on you. <laughs> You'll have all the opportunity to to keep trying. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, it's, it's great to have you guys here. I know, you know, a few years back, you guys were doing some legislative stuff too, and um, you got the raw milk and cream thing going, right? Mm-hmm. And now there's there's some things now. There products that you make out of the same things. Like you, you guys do butter also, but buttermilk is a gray area, yeah. and there's some other things that you'll make out of your products that aren't really specified in the laws, and this might be something that you guys will be back up on the hill again. Yeah, for sure. It, I, I think um, most people don't understand the raw milk laws in Utah. They do vary by state. Um, it is illegal. There's federally you can't take raw dairy products across state lines mm-hmm. um so in utah raw milk is legal we were able to get raw cream and raw butter legalized and hard raw hard cheeses are legal um but yes we'll make butter and we'll have buttermilk and we're not allowed to sell the buttermilk from it so one thought you know we've been working with uh, red acre center mm-hmm. down in cedar city with this too is that if if our milk is tested, which it is, we actually do triple testing on all of our milk, and it is deemed safe, then why can't we sell whatever product we make from the milk? From the milk, because yeah. if the milk's safe, then everything falls under right. it is going to be safe, too. So a little gray area still. You guys are able to sell in your store. You can't sell to restaurants. You can't sell to grocery stores, things like that. There's Correct. still quite a bit of regulation going on around it. Yeah. Yeah. And so fighting again, back up on the hill. You want to go, Laura? Uh, I was just, I'm just kind of curious. We, we were doing a lot with the Great Salt Lake Collaborative, shining a light on what's happening with the Great Salt Lake, and, and water's coming up. And I'm seeing a lot in the news about people not understanding how farmers use water. And I'm kind of curious how you've been addressing that on the farm um, in terms of conserving water. I know you guys also grow alfalfa, which gets a lot of bad rap, but you use it on your farm. You're not shipping it to China, are you? Or if you are, why? So talk about that, Shane and Kristen. <laughs> I feel like you just set me up there like I was in trouble if I no. shipped something to China. No, you're not. You're not. Well, I'm, no, think no, of all the things not. we buy from China, for crying out loud, every day with Amazon. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I'm a, a, a farmer's granddaughter, and um, 
I, I just was finding some photos online the other day of my grandfather and, and uh, the innovation that he was doing in the 50s. And farmers got to innovate every season, it seems like. Yeah, farming is, is uh, you know, all agriculture is complicated in the aspect of it's, it's so much you know by experience and so, so much you don't know. Mm. Each season is different. Rain. <laughs> yeah, right. I know Al has a garden and he's a big gardener and does that, but even, even every year can be so different as far as just pests and different things like that. So one thing that we've done is we grow grass in a greenhouse hydroponically which has worked really well for us. It is very labor intensive. It would be nice to have just endless acres of green grass to be able to turn animals out on. But we don't have that here in the city. And so what we do is we have a, an indoor greenhouse. We grow the grass hydroponically. It's just seed and water. We harvest it in six days time. And we're able to grow and harvest enough grass for all of the animals here on our farm in West Jordan. So it's really nice. It's it's huge from a water conservancy standpoint, but it's also very impressive from a nutritional profile standpoint for the animals. And nutrition's a huge thing that you offer through your farm as well, Kristen, right? Right. We do uh, grass-fed and grass-finished uh, beef and lamb. And then our pork and poultry, um, they also get grass, and we do a no-corn, no-soy feed mix for them, too. And there's no chemical fertilizers, herbicides, or pesticides on your farm. Why did you decide to make that decision? And I'm guessing that hasn't been the decision through all five generations. So there was a change at some point where that decision was, was made, Shane? Yeah, I can't speak so much for my great-grandfather and the methods <laughs> <laughs> that they may have used there. depends on what technology was yeah. available at that time. Yeah. But um, not I, I don't think there's a whole lot that's changed in our philosophy of farming, mm -hmm. which is animals are happiest and do their best when you let them be themselves. Uh, when you give a pig what a pig wants, then you really don't have to have many other inputs. And the same goes for the other animals. And so that has just kind of naturally evolved as our philosophy is we don't have to add synthetic inputs, I'll call them, if we've already given the animals what they were designed to have for their habitat, for their feed. It's when you alter feed, like is so common in, in uh, you know, I'm not trying to make any enemies here, but when you mass produce animals, then you change their lives. And as soon as you input change, now you've caused something that's going to have a reaction. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of those things come in. If you start talking about higher growth rates through steroids or, you know, just different things, then all of a sudden now you've got to have antibiotics because you've introduced something else. And it's really a chain of events that happens. And I feel like um, one thing that pushes it, because a lot of times we like to look at the commercial system and and poke holes in it and talk about what we don't like about it. And the fact of the matter is, to a large degree, they're doing what we want, yeah, the which demand, is producing cheap food. Yeah, the demand created it. and But it's also, it's also produced a disconnect between most folks, Al, and where they know or think of their food coming where from, right? Where does it right? come from? Yeah. yeah. So do yeah. You, you do a lot of education as a result. Uh, like our, our friend Farmer Luke over at the Kinlands in, in Riverton, you, you like people to come to your farm. Sure. Yeah, we like people to come. Um, people come with all kinds of um, backgrounds and even ignorances, and we love having open discussion about that. And I feel like <laughs> it's very important for our community to be able to 
step into more agriculture. So a, a funny story Kristen told me was, yeah. uh, you know, you, you sell some bulk meat, but then when the people come to pick it up, they come in a little Subaru and it's four or 500 pounds of meat. They don't realize. <laughs> yeah, especially uh, during COVID when people were scared. They'd order mm. like a whole cow cow and then they come and like well that's a lot of meat you know yeah. or or someone will want to order and they're like okay so i want like you know 50 pounds of tenderloin and i want this many rib steaks it's like well that's not how beef are built so that yeah. doesn't really uh-huh. work that way right so it, but people are open to things honestly mm-hmm. we we love our customers they they're open to talking about things about learning more about the animals and the way we produce meat and what the animals need it's it's really rewarding Mm. It's uh, it's awesome, the, you know, uh, knowing where the food comes from and bringing the people there. You guys bring the people there, so they see, they see where it can, where it comes from. Uh, you know, you can. I don't think I've seen raw cream anywhere in any store, but you guys' store. I think we're the only ones in I Utah think so. that, that carry it. I really enjoyed it in my coffee this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. It makes really good ice cream too. Oh, I oh. can only imagine that. That oh would be gosh. so good. Um, let's see. Uh, the legend has it that at the end of the rainbow, there's a pot of raw milk. That's right. <laughs> tell, 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 tell us how that dawned on you. Well, we had one of those fun summer storms. What was it? Just a couple of Just weeks ago. Just a couple ago. weeks yeah. ago. And I was out you know, on the front porch and double rainbow and it ended right at our dairy. I remember that day. <laughs> I even think I saw your post. Right We're talking there. with uh, Shane and Kristen Bowler and also Alpine Bowler, who may or may not be the sixth generation of the Bowler family to farm here in Utah. They're from Utah Natural Meat and Milk. We have just about 10 minutes left, Al, okay. before we uh, wrap the show with one more 801 day preview from a band. One of your favorites of mine, the Zuzus. But I'm kind of curious what is the the thing that you would like people to know that they don't know based on five generations, but also um, the current generation of, of farming in the Salt Lake Valley, land rapidly disappearing and has been for quite some time. Um, why, why it's important to keep farms like Utah Natural Meat and Milk going and support them, Shane? Sure. A uh, couple of thoughts there is that... Um, we, we love to form opinions about uh, farming, in this case, and agriculture based on our life's experiences and the things we've seen. And I'll, if I have time for a quick story. Yes, um, please. One day there was uh, an individual, a, a man who came to our farm, and he was very excited about something. And I was outside working, and he said, you have a, a calf that's dead out in your field. And I said, really? That's odd. It was in the middle of the summer. And so we walked out there, he and I together and the calf was just laying down sunbathing and when we got within about 100 feet of it it jumped up and ran away and he was so sure that this calf was dead and I had a discussion with him about his experience and how he recognized that this calf was dead turns out he had no experience and so I think that the first thing is that realizing that there are things that we may not know mm-hmm. and that forming assumptions about things we don't know is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And that's why, one of the reasons why I think buying food locally, whether it be meat or vegetables or any other products, is very important because we connect not only with our food, but how it's raised and we gain knowledge and we connect with people, individuals. 
And our, our community can really support itself. We live in a desert state, and there's a lack of water and some of those challenges. But I think supporting each other becomes very important in being able to be a sustainable community, both as individuals and, and from a food production standpoint. I also have a question about the triple digits that we've been experiencing for, I don't remember how many days in a row now, but I was just thinking how hot it was today and uh, how that changes what you have to do on the farm with your animals or your crops, um, but changes the the process in your hydroponic greenhouse. Um, what have the challenges been this year with these high temps going on, Shane? Yeah, lots of challenges. The animals really, um, I mean, they can tolerate wide temperature ranges. So in Utah, we're lucky to have extreme heat at times and extreme cold at times. And animals are very versatile in being able to tolerate that. Now, does that mean that they shouldn't be protected? No. I mean, we try and give them shelter. We try and give them a lot of things. But the most important is enough food and water because their bodies really can adapt and take care of themselves in a lot of cases if they have proper nutrition and, and proper habitat there. Um, but milk production drops and egg production drops. And They're so not as happy. Sure. Not quite well, as happy. Well, or they spend, like the, da- the dairy cows in particular they right now. They use more energy yeah. to, to keep cool. Or they're trying not to use energy, period. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh-huh. you won't see the dairy cows eat much during the day. Mm-hmm. They'll just lay in the shade. Mm-hmm. And so that translates into, you know, them adapting. And I think that's important also to be aware as a consumer that if you get used to showing up at a grocery store and buying bacon whenever you want to and it never runs out, well, that's not really normal. You know, you get about 18 pounds of bacon off of a pig. Mm-hmm. And so that's it's not normal to just buy enormous amounts of one thing. And when animals have to adapt, like dairy animals, for example, then you may have a shortage of milk. And things like that. Mm-hmm. You, we we're touching on drought stuff too, and I know we 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 mentioned talking a little bit about drought and how that's been affecting. We're in a millennial drought, and we live in a desert, and so this is creating some tribulation, uh, obviously. Yeah, for what are you hearing from other farmers? I'm sure you 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 have like a farmer grapevine. How are people doing? Yeah, we do. We uh, enjoy camaraderie with a lot of farmers. It's been really hard. Um, hay prices, as Al mentioned, are, are up even higher than they were last year. I think they're, they're double than what we were paying two years ago. Yeah, for yeah, they've year. doubled wow. in the past two years. Oh, so, so that's going to be a major change in pricing and, and consumer items. Um, but at the same time, um, there are new ways always being developed to help animals out. So there's a lot of systems to, to mist and keep animals cool where possible. Um, planting trees is a really good way to keep animals cool and shaded. I know the uh, Three Springs Land and Livestock guys have an actual, it's on wheels, and it's an actual shade machine that spreads a tarp so they can go out in the middle of the field and go under it. Right and chill. Right oh, and isn't it? I, I love seeing innovative things like that come out of challenge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Kristen, in the time we have left, what's coming up on the farm that people can participate in? I'm looking at your website. You've got great photos, and I'm seeing pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. So, anything coming up you want to tout? Well, um, we don't do a lot of big events because our farm is just open for everyone to visit during our farm hours. Our store there. Uh, is open on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 2 to 6, and then on Saturdays from 10 to 3. 
Uh, we do have kind of odd hours, but it's because we run the farm full time. And yeah. with the dairies and everything else going on, that's the time we can dedicate to the store. So how do folks track you down in real life and online? So uh, online, we are utahnaturalmeat.com. And there's information there about ordering meat in bulk. There's information about the store. If you just want to pick up a pound of ground beef or some amazing steaks, you can come by there. That's where we also sell our milk and eggs. We're also on uh, Instagram, Utah Natural Meat and Milk, and Facebook. We try and show a lot of what goes on behind the scenes. We want to be transparent and show people this is how your food's raised. This is what's going on at the farm. Um, Educate when we can. And then our farm is in West Jordan. So if if you want to come and visit, we're on 7400 South and 5600 West. We used to be out there by ourselves and the city has grown (laughs) around us. (laughs) So it's it has its benefits to it because more people are aware and they're near us and can come. And and I don't know, it's kind of like a little oasis in the middle of all the I'd agree busyness going on well thank you so much shane Kristen, and alpine for coming in utah natural meat and milk helping us shine a light on the agrihood aldine big time great stuff i love yeah. what you guys are doing and just keep keep on doing it yeah yeah we'll put all the links Thanks. in the show notes thank you so awesome. much thanks guys all right we're gonna wrap the show with another local band fresh and homegrown because coming up on monday from seven to seven it is 801 day, nothing but local bands and conversations. Al, what are we going out with? We're going to have the Zizus, and they are a, my Ramon style kind of old school punky band. Great doing, great at doing what they do, uh, kind of, you know, kind of a throwback. But boy, what else could be better? I mean, this is great stuff. It, it really is. This one is She Devil. It's the Zizus, and they're, they're, it's the name of their EP that was released back in March. Fresh and homegrown right here on KRCL 90.9 FM. See you at the farmer's market tomorrow, wherever you can find one, folks. Right, Al? Yeah. KRCL, Salt Lake City.